We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, well, we typically have Brian Driscoll with us on Mondays, but thing is, he was traveling back from the Fiesta Bowl yesterday, and it sounds like it took you a while just to get through <laughs> Chicago after you got back, huh? Yeah, we were, we were actually, was the taking off was the hard part. We were stuck on the tarmac for over two hours in Phoenix because oh. of a mechanical problem, so Man. yeah, that was... See, I thought you. Day. I thought you meant the tarmac once you landed. No, oh my no, gosh! No, 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 no. That would have. That might have lost it. You might have. You yeah. might have seen some news stories about my reaction to that. If I'd had to also got stuck there. I've had problems traveling through Phoenix before myself. I, I, you know, I don't know if that's a recurring theme with a lot of people, but I don't know. Well, let's talk about the game. Um, you know, it got away obviously in the second half. So, so. From from your perspective, why did this get away the way it did? Why, you know, the, blowing the twenty one point lead and the whole thing. Well, I think there were several factors. I think offensively, the inability to run the football made it difficult to make any adjustments. You know, when when you can't run the ball and you're getting whooped up front, which has kind of been a problem all year for this team against any defense with a pulse. Uh, I think I think hurt, and then defensively, just not being able to make stops and not being able to adjust and. I think there were some personnel areas, especially at corner, where Notre Dame just didn't have any, you know, either didn't have anybody or didn't feel confident or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But uh, And then with Clarence Lewis and then just not giving him any help. And so I think just the failure to make adjustments and on really both sides of the ball, whether it was just choosing not to or not really having any adjustments to go to that would work, were able to get it done. You couldn't make stops and you need to make stops. And, it, and then also there's a part of it, too, that – some of the kids at Oklahoma State made great plays. I mean, there were some tackles they made in space that, if boy, if Notre Dame's team could tackle like that, this has been a different ball game. You yeah. Know? And some of the receivers made great plays, and you know they outplayed Notre Dame, outcoached Notre Dame a little bit, and at the end of the day, in what was a great game, but tail of two halves, they they were the better team by two points. But uh, there was a lot of things you can learn from this game from Notre Dame that should excite you, and some things that you look at to say, yeah, that's the program's got to get better right there if they want to take that next step. Let me ask you this. So we knew Kyle Hamilton was going to sit out. We knew Kyron Williams was going to sit out. We obviously knew for a while there was going to be no Brian 
Kelly, if they had one of those three, who makes the most difference in that? Kyle game? Hamilton, no question. Okay. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of funny hearing people say, "Well, you have Brian Kelly." Well, Brian Kelly played in three of these types of games, and they lost by 16, 27, and twenty-eight. So I don't think Brian Kelly, you know, in the two-point loss is like evidence that boy they wish they had Brian Kelly. Uh, you know, but but Kyle Hamilton to me, when you look at the the performance of DJ Brown and his struggles to tackle in space, and you know them not having any answers for the one on ones, you know teams are a lot less, you know, likely to throw those downfield one on ones when you've got Kyle Hamilton patrolling the back end of the defense. I mean that's just a reality. And look, Kyron Williams is a great player, and I love Kyron Williams, and and I think he would have provided some emotional support. But you know, Chris Tyree had over 120 yards receiving on six catches, and. And uh, mm-hmm. you could say, well, they would have run better if Kyron Williams. Well, not based on what we saw during the season. I mean, every time Notre Dame played a good run defense, they couldn't run the ball at all. I mean, Notre Dame had three yards rushing against Wisconsin, and that's not because Kyron Williams is a, you know, wasn't there or anything like that. It's one of those things where if there's nowhere to go, there's nowhere to go. I mean, you're not you're not changing that. Kyle Williams had Kyron Williams had 78 car- uh, rushing yards on 31 carries in back-to-back games against Wisconsin and Cincinnati. So I don't, I don't think he would have done a whole lot different. I think Kyle Hamilton's the guy that if he plays, Notre Dame wins that game. And I don't, I don't. It may not have even been all that close. Once they got put into you got to throw the ball mode, I don't think it would have been that close. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I felt like, and again, going back and, and, and watching things, I realized flow of the game, the way the score went, uh, people talking about Tyler Buckner. I did feel like there was a spot or two where maybe he can get in there. If nothing else, the fact that you had 68 pass attempts in that game and you've got four scholarship wide receivers who were playing, you know, like give them a little bit of a could, – could Tyler Buckner have made a difference? Was there a spot where you thought – you know, maybe he could have gone in. I think so. I mean, I, I think that first half, no. I mean, the first half, you're just cruising. I mean, you're just absolutely ripping. 
you're just ripping Oklahoma State apart. I mean, Jack Cohen had over 300 yards passing and four touchdowns at a halftime. You know, but you, you had a couple drives late in the first half where you weren't able to get points, and then you go in the second half and you're just not moving the ball. You're getting behind the sticks. It's just not it's not really working out for you. And I felt like those were circumstances where once you had a couple drives of not getting points, it would have made a ton of sense to to come out and, and get – go with something. I mean, you had a three and out, you had a, you know, you had a, a turnover, you had another three and out, you had a fumble, you had another three and out. I mean, I, I got to think somewhere in there, a Tyler Buckner, even if it was just bring him in for two or three plays, not mm-hmm. necessarily a Tyler Buckner package could have, you know, provided a little bit of a spark and got him going. But, um, you know, that's obviously not the direction they went, but I, I've always felt Tyler Buckner should have, should play in some form or fashion. I, I was surprised he got zero snaps in this game, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, because, I mean, we saw him throughout the season, obviously. It's not like this would have been going off script to see him right. out there. And I think so that's right. it's a bigger surprise that he didn't, I think. so. And I think it would have been good for Jack Cohn, too. I think you know having Tyler Buckner in there to kind of take some of that pressure off of them, get spark the offense again, right. and then you come back the next drive with Jack Cohn and – and you get things rolling again, I think it would have been better for the whole offense. And I, I was a little surprised. So what do you I understand th- why they didn't, but I, I, I sure. just didn't necessarily agree with it. Yeah, right. I agree. I agree. So what do you think from Marcus Freeman's perspective? What do you think is his first time a head coach and everything, his biggest takeaway from this experience? Yeah, I, th- I think there's a few. I think number one is there's areas where we got to get better as a football team. And I'm looking at it from Marcus, you know, we as in if I'm looking at it from Marcus Freeman's point of view, mm-hmm. we got to get better at some spots. You know, we got to get longer on defense. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, linebackers weren't, aren't fast enough. And my response has been not once were the linebackers not in position to make a play. They were always where they needed to be. They just could make plays, you know, and I think that has to do with a lack of length. I think in the secondary, they've got to get better. This defense without – Kyle Hamilton on the back end looks a lot different from a, a talent standpoint than it does when he plays. And that's going to be true for a lot of teams, but I think it's an even bigger drop-off. That's a position that Notre Dame is going to have to get better. I think offensively, having to find answers to being able to run the football. You can't go into games like this and not be able to run the football. And, you know, Oklahoma State didn't have a ton of success running the ball on Notre Dame, but they ran it enough against Notre Dame where they were able to keep Notre Dame honest, which I think helped them, you know, ultimately win the football game. And and Notre Dame just couldn't run the ball at all. And I think those are the things that you look at and say, how do you fix that? And I think step one to one of those things is being addressed, uh, and that is uh, not having Jeff Quinn as the offensive line coach anymore, <laughs> I think is going to be one of those things. But I also think the final piece to this is we saw on Saturday why some people are, are even more excited to start the, to, the Tyler Buckner. Even though you know me, I'm a very pro Jack Cohn guy, and I think Jack Cohn needed to be the guy this year. But now that Tyler Buckner has a year under his belt, I understand the excitement about Tyler Buckner because, you know, Spencer Saunders Sanders wasn't great throwing the ball early. What kept them in the game early was his legs, and then eventually his arm kind of started to make some plays. But that dual having that dual threat quarterback that mm-hmm. can just go out there and make plays with his legs makes it really hard for even a defense as good as Notre Dame's uh, to, to really stop you. And I think that's something that you look at it and say, if you can find that as a head coach and as an offensive coordinator in your offense, you know, that's that's a special weapon to have. With Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com, and you talked about Jeff Quinn, and he was obviously the most, I think, critiqued, criticized, whatever assistant on the staff all season. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it is – pretty telling that the guys who ended up being the two most 
critiqued, criticized, whatever assistance on the season or the two, you know, who are not coming back. But the Harry Heastan <laughs> stuff. <laughs> the- <laughs> so maybe we, it wasn't just me. Or right. It wasn't just us. It wasn't just me and you. You know, maybe like maybe somebody guys else. Guys like who were actually Freeman in the rooms over yeah. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Neither were hired by Brian Kelly either at LSU. So exactly. maybe, maybe, maybe it wasn't personal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the Harry Heastan stuff is it is it really you know is he really going to make every Notre Dame's you know fans dream come true I guess is he really I, coming I back? believe so yes okay. I believe so yes I from everything I've heard this is something that once Brian Kelly was gone there was interest from coach Eastand to come back to Notre Dame and this was not this isn't happening if Brian Kelly's still here for more many reasons number one Brian Kelly's not getting rid of Jeff Quinn uh, number two uh, Harry Heastan's not gonna come back and work for Brian <laughs> Kelly so I've I think that combination is is a positive. I think that, you know, Coach Heastan sees an opportunity here. I was told that, you know, he really likes the talent that Notre Dame has is, is something that a couple sources of mine have told me, and that's partly what attracts him too is, you know, he he thinks, uh, you know, with guys like Joe Walt and Blake Fisher and some of these younger players that, you know, he, he has a he has a skill set himself that could help really maximize these players' potential if they're willing to be coached by someone like him. So uh, I do believe that's going to happen. I You know, again, until – everything is signed and sealed and delivered it's it there's always snags that can happen especially at a place like Notre Dame but everything I've heard from all my sources for the last two weeks really is that this is this is going to happen it's just a matter of when it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The wide receiver coach position is one that doesn't seem like there are a lot of names bouncing around right now. Are you hearing anything there? Yeah, you know, there was there was a couple names that we heard, and, and um, you know, I don't know how, how legitimate they are. One okay. is... Um, it was Holloman Wiggins, who's the receivers coach at Alabama, which I kind of found a little like, okay, why would, why would the wide receiver coach at uh, at uh, Alabama want to come to Notre Dame? But that's one that we have heard is is someone that they have talked to, and that's an interesting one. The only other name that I've heard so far, obviously, everyone talks about Brian Hartline, who was a teammate of Marcus Freeman's right. at Ohio State, and. He's a big-time coach. And the other name I heard is Jamarcus Shepard, who's the wide receivers coach at Purdue, who's someone who I think very highly of. So those are the only two names I've heard. I know that there's been some expressed interest by Notre Dame to both. I don't know what the you know, reception to that interest has been. But I got to say this, you know, I really appreciate the fact that Coach Freeman is shooting big here. Now, I don't yeah. know if he's going to get either one of those guys, but – you know, when you're when you have the cojones to kind of pick up the phone and call Alabama's receivers coach, you know, the guy that just produced a Heisman Trophy winner yeah. and can produce five star players, you know, that tells me that you understand you need dynamic coaches and recruiters on your coaching staff. And he's 
he's going after him. Now, if they say no, they say no, but you'd be foolish and at least not to try. And, yeah. you know, and then Jamarcus Shepard's another one, you know, he's a, he's a young star in the making, in my opinion, as a position coach. So I don't know if either one of those guys will be the name. Those are just people they've talked out, you know, reached out to. There's some other names I'm sure out there, but um, I just like the fact that he's shooting for so what, what would I call, you know, a couple big fish in my opinion. Well, and it's obviously a very important position when you look at if noted, you know, going forward, from where they are right now in terms of scoot, you know, they've got to get some talent there. I mean, just the numbers are obviously thin right. and it doesn't help that Kevin Austin's leaving with Austin's decision. I don't know. I mean, there, there's obviously skill there, but to me, like I kind of equated a little bit to what Equinemius St. Brown did, you know, like, yeah, if you come back for another year, you might be a day one guy or, you know, even day two, it doesn't seem like he's, he's in that conversation though right now. What do you think? Not yeah, it really is puzzling for me in a lot of ways. I mean, even with a, like you said, even with a good, pro, I kind of view him as sort of in a Michael Miles Boykin situation, right? Very very similar situations. Didn't do a whole lot his first three years. I think Miles Boykin had like thirteen career catches coming into his senior season. Kevin Austin had like six. It wasn't really that big of a difference. And then, you know, Miles comes out as a senior in two thousand eighteen. They go to the playoff. He has over fifty catches, has over eight hundred yards, has about eight touchdowns, and goes out to the the pro day and and has a you know, monster pro day and ends up getting drafted in the third round. He had 59 catches for 872 yards and eight touchdowns goes out to the pro day and there the combine runs a low four, four as mm-hmm. you know, 40 plus inch vertical. And, and people say, wow, this guy's worth taking a shot on. And he goes in the third round, Kevin Austin has 48 catches. So 11 less, but he had 888 yards, which is more than what miles Boykin had by 16 yards, averaged 18 and a half yards per catch and had seven touchdowns compared to miles Boykin's eight. So very, very similar numbers. So Kevin's banking on, I think that he's going to go out in the pro day and combine and have similar explosive numbers. And he knows what his times are and, and he's going to be able to boost those and, you know, become a day two pick. I think that's what he's banking on. Now, whether or not that's going to happen, I would say, I would say that Kevin has, more upside than Miles Boykin had, but Kevin, I would argue, also had more bad film than Miles Boykin. And and what I mean by that is, you know, Miles never had a game where he just dropped right. some of the big throws that Kevin Austin dropped. He yep. never had games where he couldn't get off the line of scrimmage against good competition. I mean, I I would argue that his performance against against Clemson in 2018, even though his numbers wouldn't blow you away, because you know you can't throw the ball to yourself. You know, but there was film in that game in the in the semifinal game. He had five catches for sixty nine yards. Miles Boykin should have had nine catches for over one hundred thirty yards that game if the quarterback would have thrown the ball. And teams saw that. I don't think you can say the same thing about about Kevin Austin. And even in the Oklahoma State game, his numbers look good. You know, but he had a chance on a fourth down catch to make a big grab, and he didn't make it. I mean, Miles Boykin won contested throws all the time. I I don't know that we can really point to a lot other than maybe the Toledo game where Kevin Austin made similar plays. So. I don't think the film is as good, but I do think he has more tools, and I think with a good pro day, he could jump into day two. But that's 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 a big if. I think if he comes back next year and puts more f- good film on the on the table, then maybe he's a guy that's a no-brainer day two pick and with great numbers could jump into the end of, of day one, which would be the back end of the first round. So, And from a Notre Dame numbers standpoint, Brain Lindsay comes back, which turns out to be pretty mm-hmm. crucial. Avery Davis still has a decision to make but i mean we've actually been told that he's planned on coming back is he okay yeah that's right. what we have been told at irish breakdown we t- we were told that he told his teammates at the banquet in december that he planned to come back for six year okay so that's just yeah so we've heard on that but i mean they've that's obviously a position they've got to go out and try to address whether it's grad transfer transfer portal or whatever don't you think 
Yeah, I mean, I love the talent of the seven kids coming back. You know, Lorenzo Styles had a breakout game in the Fiesta Bowl, and you know, I think if Braden Lindsay's used better, I think he could be impactful. And Avery Davis, assuming he's healthy, and I love Deion Colsey. You get to buy some. You have seven scholarship receivers, though, Sean. I mean, we could do this dance all day about well, I really like this guy, really like that guy. You have seven scholarship receivers. That's not nearly enough. Yeah. And you know, you need at least two more, in my opinion, to just feel confident that you can get through an entire season. You know, with having enough depth to to be able to be effective on offense, on special teams, on scout team, all those kind of things. So, I think a transfer portal combination plus hopefully getting at least one high school player to sign in February are the two things that uh, that Notre Dame has to do, in my opinion. You need at least two. You need at least two scholarship receivers to be able, to, like guys that can not just numbers either, Sean. And I know this isn't what you're implying. But I think some people say oh, you just need num- no. You need guys who can play too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Otherwise, just add a walk just bodies. On. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so you know, that's what that's what they need to do. Now that's going to be easier said than done, but that's what they're going to that's what they're going to try to do. Right, Brian Driscoll, IrishBreakdown.com. What else is going on right now? Well, we had a feature on a, a speaking of transfers. There's a a safety from Northwestern who was an All American in 2020 who is in the transfer portal and he's a guy that we have heard some things about and you know some interest between him and Notre Dame uh so we did a breakdown on him on the website and then I also a lot of people saw Caleb Williams the star quarterback from Oklahoma in the portal say hey you got to reach out right and I made a case you know on 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 Irish breakdown that not only do you not you know pursue him you don't even make the call and I laid out the reasons why and might seem a little bit kind of strange but just read it it makes sense of why it's not going to happen, which is why you shouldn't make the call. So, of course, we'll continue to cover the transfer stuff. And then we're going to break down kind of what we learned about Notre Dame from that Fiesta Bowl and the things that Coach Freeman has to do moving forward. Plus, of course, there's going to be a lot on the coaching hires. So All right. uh, over the, I think we're going to hear a lot over the next week. Okay. Sounds good, Brian. I will. Uh, you're back on tomorrow, so we'll talk uh, maybe a little bit more big picture Let's stuff. Let's do it. Back tomorrow. Who knows what may break between now and then. Boom! <laughs> all right get some get some sleep if you can i'll, I'll talk do to you my then. best all right Thanks, take Sean. care all right brian driscoll irishbreakdown.com